good crew today. We're not lacking in the ability to talk amongst ourselves here, huh? That's good. It's good to see you, a little friendly community. Well, my name is Brad. I'm one of the pastors here. We are excited to have you this morning and continue in our Striving Together series. I trust you all had a good Thanksgiving weekend last weekend. Anyone have a good Thanksgiving? Survive? All right. We, uh, we had a good Thanksgiving. Both Sarah and I's family went up to the YMCA in Estes Park there, which was a lot of fun. Both of our families had a cabin right down the street from each other, so it made getting two Thanksgivings the commute a lot shorter, just right down the street. But we had a fun time. We packed both families into one little cabin and, and had a cozy Thanksgiving. And we had an unexpected visitor along the way. We were eating dinner and about stuffed ourselves full and decided to move on. And my mother-in-law started to carry dishes out to the car to take back to her cabin and set some pies and other stuff. We didn't even get to all the pies. There were so many cooked. So I think she got some leftovers taken home. And we all sat back down and were just talking and digesting. And uh, my brother walked outside to kind of grab something from the car and noticed we had a visitor eating at our Thanksgiving dinner. So thinking it was a raccoon, he ran over to scare it off. And a coyote jumped out of the car and ran on off into the woods. So when we assessed the damage, he ate about a quarter of a pie and he carried off some turkey and cranberries and it like destroyed the bags and eaten anything out of the Ziploc. So we were just happy to share with those animals in need for Thanksgiving. I think you're supposed to do that at the holidays. Maybe we're missing the point. But anyway, we had fun up there. Um, Did anyone have fun at that coffee house the other night? Didn't know we did a little open mic night coffee house. And, you know, a lot of us learned something about ourselves. We learned that we wanted to be like Rob Bradley. I didn't know that ahead of time, but he let me know that in the form of a song. So if you haven't heard that, he might do impromptu singings to you if you find him after church. It was a good time. There was a lot of, a lot of good songs, but that one just kind of stuck in your head a while. You've got get a catchy tune. Well, we're going to get started here and continue this, continue this series. Why don't we pray and we'll jump in. God, we do thank you for today. Uh, we just thank you for this church. I'm just thankful for every person in this room that you've brought us together here. You've brought us together as a family. Um, God, and we just pray as we engage with this thought of striving together that you help us learn what it means to really strive together, uh, to be together as one, and you just give us that mission that we're striving to. Uh, we just pray you bless this time, and you'd really speak, and God, you'd give us your vision of what you have for the future and help us each uh, just catch what you want to do in our church and how you want us to be involved with that. We pray you just bless this time and redeem it. Amen. All right. Well, if I was going to visit Paris, this is a trivia question, what is one thing you think I should see? Somebody got it right over there. There is a right answer, by the way. The right answer was the Eiffel Tower. So I visited Paris in 2002. My brother lived out in Europe, so I traveled over there and swung by Paris, kind of my own. If you don't know about it, it was built in the 1880s. It's an old structure there. And when they built it, it was the tallest building in the world for 40 years until a Chrysler building was built. 
And what do you immediately think of when you see a tall building? If you're anything like me, I just look up at it and think, how do they do that? How do they make a building that tall stand there? Maybe a little bit of Greg in, my, in me, a little engineering or architecture or something, but I'm always wondering. Well, so if you, that's right. Greg, this one's for you today. So if you look at it, when you start out on any building, you've got your foundation, and then you start to, to build up from there. If you look at this first picture, they started to build up these four sides, these pillars that work together um, to do it. Uh, and these pillars, everything on it is held together with rivets. They didn't have like fire welding back then or any of that stuff going on. So what it was is that 300 men worked to join 18,000 pieces of steel together. And to fit one rivet, to fit these pieces together, it took four men. Um, one, would, one would heat it, one would try to hold it up, one would shape it, and another would hit it with a hammer. And so anything you see connected, that happened all the way up it to connect this metal. So once those four sides were kind of riveted together, and as you see, it goes up a little higher, and they join it and start to build on that foundation. So they work together and make that stand, and eventually it builds all the way up. You know, and it's certainly not those four sides coming up that make it something you go see when you're there. That's not that exciting unless you're Greg. Greg somewhere and we get excited just by the four sides. But it probably wouldn't have made it a century later. The reason is because it was such a tall building. It's it's a thousand feet tall. It's tall and that's an exciting thing to go see. And so that's why it generates attention. They built on that strong foundation something spectacular that's tall. You know, as we look to the future, I was thinking about how what we're doing at the firehouse is kind of like that Eiffel Tower metaphor. So the tower had those four pillars that provided the foundation um, to do something great on top of it. And as we look back over the last few weeks of the series, I think in a lot of ways, what we talked about are kind of foundational pillars that work together to do something great of what we're really trying to accomplish for the future. Let's look at that verse again that this series is named after, Philippians 1.27. We've heard this a lot over the last month. We might start quizzing you to see if you've memorized it, but maybe that will come soon. It says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come to see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. So as I look at this verse, there's pieces in it that are foundational, and then there's a piece that builds on that foundation. So, so if you look at it, the piece that's foundational is that we're supposed to be together in one spirit, in one mind. And that implies that there's a foundation of unity amongst us. And that foundation has shared thinking and shared dreams. But where it gets important is what that foundation builds up to. It says that we are being striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. That's what it's building up. That's something bigger. And we're going to get to that, but we're going to spend a little time and just detail in on that foundation that we talked about. And like the verse mentioned, the first, verse we're, or the first foundation we're going to talk about is unity. 
So we've got unity up there. All right. So Rich talked about this the first week, that we need to be striving together in unity. Basically, we just need to have the same vision of where we're going together. We need to have the same language and the same dreams together of what we're doing. You know, to look at another tower analogy from the Bible, I like towers, I guess. In Genesis 11, the people built the Tower of Babel. Um, So the people, it says they set their minds together to do something big, and they built this big tower together. And after it was built, it said the Lord looked down on them, and He said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. He saw that unity gave them such power that they all spoke in the same language and they all had the same goals. And he said nothing would be impossible for them. So he proceeded to scatter them around the world and he introduced different languages that they couldn't communicate quite as well. Um, But in a church, it's imperative that we have that shared language and those shared goals together and our dreams. And if we can obey that together, we're ready to be used to do something as a church for God. Another side of that foundation is resources. Jeff talked about in week two about the needs we have as a a church as we look at this. To get things off the ground, we're going to need financial provision. There's a reality that it costs money to to get into a building and keep it running. It's reality it costs money to pay Rich's salary. Um, it's not an exciting topic to talk about money, but it makes a lot of things possible to get it off the ground. You know, I think there's a lot more things we could talk about that would make us more passionate than money. I don't know how Jeff got the short stick on that one, but just because he does the finances, we always stick him with it. But, you know, I'll be honest, that's not where our passion is. You know, but at the same time, those financial provisions, having it there, has made possible a lot of things God's been able to do with our church. Just through people being faithful with their tithing and faithful with giving additional gifts during campaigns we've done in the past. And that's why I just think of it as kind of a foundational piece to what God wants to do. And we need to have that in place before we can move forward with some of the dreams God has on our hearts as pastors. So another side of that foundation up there is strength. You might be doing pretty good if you're tracking along with week three. Tim talked about that last week. We need to have a strong church together. You know, to do the things we have in our heart, we need to be a thriving church. We need to be a church that is strong in the Word, that's strong in faith, strong in prayer. Strong in numbers. You know, I was encouraged when Tim taught on strength last week. And one thing he said really struck me as he walked away. He said, you know, as we talk about striving, he said our striving is still losing if it's in our own strength. If we're trying to do that striving without the help of the Lord. We can strive together, but we need to strive in that foundation of the strength of the Lord. And he shared Psalm 29:11, The Lord will give strength to His people. The Lord will bless His people with peace. You know, the strength we need to walk into the future can come only from God. It says the Lord gives us that strength and we can walk into it working for Him. 
Now, if you're counting at home, we've only done three weeks of the series, and I have four sides up there. I don't know if that gets confusing, but I, we found a fourth one here. Hey, so another side of just the foundation of what God might want to do is just laborers in it. And, and with that, I'm just going to lump together the pastors and campus staff and just the whole church laboring together to get done what God wants us to do. Um, we're going to need people in place that are helping pull the load along the way there. Am I off the hook for adding a fourth? That's good. Okay. So that verse in Psalm 29 says, The Lord will give strength to His people. He gives that strength, but we as people need to labor in that strength He provides. We need to be willing to work, to be willing to hit the ground running on this mission. And we need to have people committed to obey and working for the Lord to carry out all that He's commanded together. You know, one of our goals for this campaign is to be able to free up another man to come on for full-time staff. Right now we have Rich on full-time, and we plan to continue that. I mean, depending on how the end of the year eval goes. I'm just joking. We're continuing that. And uh, we've had Tim on full-time out in the Brighton area there, and he's transitioning in the next few months to just be full-time with his business and totally paid by his business and kind of off the the books of the church but still serving as a working pastor like Jeff and I have been. Um, We also have two half-time campus staffers, Andrew and Kayla, and so they have been focusing their attention on the Denver Auraria campus and just trying to get a student group off the ground there and continuing to reach students. You know, but some of the things we have in mind over the next year, the next years, is going to require more people in that fold to get done what we're thinking about. And specifically, we're trusting that God would bring another pastor back on staff to fill the void kind of left by Tim going back into working full-time. And so we've been evaluating who would go on staff next year between Jeff and I a little bit, and we're in that process. But I'll just speak today of why it would be a draw to go on staff, um, why it would be on my heart that that's something I'd want to do sometime, and we'll continue to work out who that'd be, but just share my heart why that would really be a blessing. You know, as long as I've been a pastor, I've worked for the state courts and the IT department as a computer programmer, and it's a wonderful job. It's allowed me to support my family, and being for the government, it's stabling out. It's been pretty stable, which is good. And uh, I enjoy computer programming. I think it's fun. Some of you may think I'm sick, but it's, I think it's kind of fun just to have that problem-solving aspect. It's fun to, to get to build, build something that really helps people do their jobs and helps run the court and helps make judges, helps them make correct decisions on cases and help parole officers have up-to-date information on the road. Um, so there's a lot of good to it. We can also get stressful in a hurry, whereas if a computer system goes down now, it used to be that they had paper in the courts to kind of back things up. These days, if a computer goes down in a court and they don't have access to it, they're just kind of sitting on their thumbs not knowing what to do. Uh, it's pretty tough when all their documents and all their data is all within that computer now. So it can be really stressful in a hurry if those go down. There's a, it's, it's a big deal. Court's already behind as it is. So, um, you know, in this last year, uh, it's been, you know, at times it's hard to keep faithful with all the responsibilities on the plate as things got busy. You know, at times I was required to work 60 hours or more a week, and we were doing the building project here and the stain on the floors you're sitting on, and it was, it was a busy time. Um, 
And, you know, through that I've had to remain faithful with my responsibilities for my job and my family and at the church and just keep all those things balanced. And, you know, along with that work then, I'm wearing another hat as a pastor and trying to do that in volunteer time, free weekends and nights and whenever. And, uh, you know, as taxing as my job has been at times with the hours, it's just... It's exciting to think about putting that mental energy that I have during the day that I put into my job and doing computer programming towards serving the Lord full-time at the church. And, you know, I in no way demean secular work. It's very important for us to be faithful with our jobs. And I think we all, including me, can bring God glory in our jobs when we work hard and we're a good witness there and we're loving and serving our, our lost coworkers and saved coworkers. You know, but there's also reality in the church that it takes good people with time to kind of get things off the ground at a certain point. And so as we look to the future, we're excited to just think about, between Jeff and I, is there a way just to put our weeks, you know, that 40 or 60 hours we're giving in a week towards just trying to build the church and serve God there, you know, to be able to invest more time with people, to be able to make more of the goals we have as a church a reality. Uh, you know, we love to be more involved with the campus and uh, just to be over there more and more. We want to host more classes and events for parents in the neighborhood on um, parenting their kids, and we want to be able to advertise and run bigger pre-marriage classes, and we want to do more church plants. And, and we, Jeff and I would love just to be able to facilitate that by being on staff and just to look to the future and just think all we could do with just a little more manpower. I think we're taxing Rich at about the end of what he has as far as time and looking how can we expand maybe having more people on board. You know, in the past we've had Tim and Rich on staff, but they were at two different locations. Rich was in Denver here, and Tim was in Brighton, and we didn't really combine our churches until a few months ago to work together. You know, but as we look toward it, it would really be a blessing to have two pastors just working a little more closely together in a full-time setting. I think neither of these guys really had that during their time so far. Um, but it's a... You know, it'd be a blessing. I think about my work. I'm a senior Java programmer there, and there's kind of four of us in that role at the same title, and two of us are on the same project. It's kind of a big project, so they assigned two of us to it. And so we work together on this project, and they even put our cubes right next to each other so we can duke it out or something. But, you know, it's a blessing in that... If you've ever worked in a cubicle, you know you can yell right over a cubicle wall, right? So as we're working together on things, especially being lazy computer programmers, moving lazy is not the word, but you want to keep sitting, you tend to just yell over the wall. So, you know, we'll be kind of coding away and just yell over the wall some question or some idea or see if they have an idea. And then, you know, sometimes you have to get up and walk the four feet and you kind of get annoyed. But, you know, we feed off each other with ideas of how we can do things better if they have a suggestion in it and sometimes we even get crazy and get all four of us in a room and you know have a meeting to discuss things and kind of get a plan for how we're working together to make our projects but there's a way that we can feed off each other with ideas of how to make things better and come up with solutions to our problems together you know it's a good environment to be able to put everyone's talents together and just pull pull from that to do our job together you know we're able to see each other's work and 
You know, if we see someone has done something good, we can kind of take ideas from that and use it in our own work. Um, if we see someone cut some corners and didn't do work as good as maybe they should have, you can call somebody out on it if you see something not up to par. Um, if we're duplicating work and just trying to do the same thing in two places, sometimes we can bring it together and streamline and cut out doing the same thing twice. Um, but together, we come up with some of these solutions and can work better. You know, and I think it'd be exciting to have that same environment in our church. You know, Rich, Rich is working here all day and tries to get us involved in some things over email, and we respond as much as we can at work at another job to, to write back to him to give him a little input. But in some ways, it's he's here kind of running that. But as we think of... Uh, Multiple men teamed up together. I think there's a blessing in that. The verse up there uh, says Ecclesiastes 4.9. It says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Another translation I think even says a better return for their labor. So we're trusting in that two men on staff could get a better return for their labor. That means the sum of those two men working together is just better than the hours they put in. But there's a blessing from being together and that they get a better return. Somehow God blesses it in a way that it multiplies that time and that work they have together. And there can be a sharpening of one another too. Just like at my work, we can sharpen one another. We think that could happen at the church as well. Um, you know, we can, we can be accountable together with our time and run ideas past one another and try to push one another. Um, I think uh, there's another verse up here, Proverbs 27:17 says, Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You know, there's a way that in our working that two can sharpen one another on the greater works and greater faith and even, you know, with time, greater character. I find at work just being, having people watching what you're doing can really help put the screws to you, you know. So it can be good. You know, and we believe that in turn that would bless the church, you know, if, if men could work together in that way. You know, and more men on staff really just lets us expand our thinking into the future. Uh, so let's talk about the future a little bit. I think that's what I was supposed to teach on, so it's probably good I'm getting to that, that future thing. But as we have the Eiffel Tower, so we talked about those four areas of this, that had the four support beams that were building up to something. You know, so with our church, that foundation, those four things we talked about, hopefully are building up to something that we're doing together that's just better than those foundations. You know, those foundations are good things, but they're not the point of the church. That's not why we're here. Those things make what we want to do as a church possible. You know, it gets right down to our mission together. You know, two of the last things that Jesus left us with when he rose from the dead um, were a command and a strategy to obey that command. So the command was the Great Commission. should be up on the slide there. There's maybe more detailed ones, but this one's kind of the point. It's in Mark 16:15, Jesus commanded us. And it says this, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That's the Great Commission right there. Another, in Matthew it says, Baptizing them in the name of the Holy Spirit um, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. So we're left that mission. We're to preach the gospel to the whole world. We're to make sure that every man, woman, and child hears the gospel and has an opportunity to come to Christ. And if you've been with us for a while here at the firehouse, you know we talk about this a lot. It's a good thing. Uh, 
It's because it's the clear mission that Jesus gave us to do together as a church. And we're not to rest until it's accomplished. You know, in another, another uh, passage, he says, Lo, I'm with you even until the end of the age. Jesus is saying, carry this mission on until I come back at the end of the age. But the whole world is such a big goal. Where do we get started? How do we do that, right? Well, that's, that's where Acts 1.8 comes in and gives us a strategy to carry out that mission with a little more detail. Jesus said to us, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. This gives us a strategy of how to carry out the mission of, of the Great Commission that Jesus gave us. That's a mouthful, but it's a strategy of just how to carry that out. Um, he told us first to be witnesses, then to be witnesses in Jerusalem. So that's the city that they lived in there. Then to move on to Judea, which is a little bigger region, so that like wraps around the city. And then Samaria is like an even bigger region than that. And then to the ends of the earth, I think you can imagine, but that means get the gospel to everybody on the earth. Is how I translate that. I'm not a, maybe not a scholar, but I think that's pretty close. We're supposed to get the gospel out to everyone on the earth, is where that mission heads. So in our churches, we're supposed to come up with something called an Acts 1-8 plan based on this verse. And so our, um, we're supposed to review that plan yearly and send it into our association board. So it's really just how we're going to chew on this verse together and carry it out as a church. You know, it causes us to review and keep in our sight what our big picture goal is for the future. It encourages us to tackle some of the mission that Jesus gave that first church and our church today because we believe that command is for us too. And so we have to engage with that verse each as a believer. Um, and even more important, God wants us to work together to accomplish that goal as a church, as a body together. So we've developed our own Acts 1-8 plan to continue to further the gospel to the ends of the earth. So let's bring up this slide. I'm not sure if that's big enough to read. Maybe not. It looks good on my computer, I tell you what. You in the front row can just call them out. So this is a, this is a picture of how we're trusting God with this Acts 1-8 plan. Right now we have one circle at the top there. Can anyone in the room read it? Denver. Denver. That's good. All right. That's good. (laughs) So that represents our church here in the Highlands neighborhood. And our first mission for the future is to continue to reach our neighborhood. It's exciting, right? But we need to keep sharing the gospel with our friends and neighbors and trust God to continue to save people right here in the Highlands. You know, when Peter and the other apostles were arrested for sharing the gospel in Acts 5, the officials said this to them, We give you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name, and yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. It's a pretty same thing, but that's our dream. I mean, that's a good, it's a good thing to be scolded for, getting the gospel out too much. But that's our dream together, is to fill the highlands with the name of Jesus. To keep praying on people's doorsteps and inviting them to church. You know, ultimately we pray that it leads to chances to share the gospel with them so that they're saved and join us on this mission. 
And we hope that that all continues, that it make the Denver Firehouse here just a thriving church for years to come. And the overflow of a thriving church that's drawing all those new people in is that it multiplies that work to other locations. That's what Acts 1-8 is talking about. So the next part it talks about in that Acts 1-8 strategy is that he gave it to all Judea. And so that region is a little bigger around there. We would relate that to being faithful in Colorado, maybe a little region around us and other places that are pretty local. And so we want to be faithful with church plants right in our backyard. You know, we might not ever give an account for other sides of the world or places far away that we can't get to or didn't have an opportunity, but I'm pretty sure we might give an account of how we reached other places in Denver or other places in Colorado might get on our plate um, and we might be asked about by the Lord someday. Um, you know, so the next place we're praying about is in North Denver there. Not that much of a surprise if you've been with us kind of talking about that one. Um, so the blue line... I don't know if you can see colors on this thing, but there's a blue line there, and that represents that it's a local church plant right in Denver. So that just is a multiplication, but it's close. Um, So part of this campaign is to have the resources to make that happen. And so on the left, I'm sure, unless you had LASIK or something, there's some numbers on the left there, and those represent years. So as it goes down, that's going to represent more years. Maybe that's an easier one to remember. If it goes down, that's in the future. So North Denver there is written as 2012. And so... You know, we've seen this trend that Denver's continuing to expand in that North Glen, Thornton, Brighton, Westminster, Nebulous up there that I think in a, really North Glen and Thornton, I don't understand. They just kind of... Anyway, if you've got that map down, let me know. Maybe some of you North Side guys do. And a number of you live up that way, so we're thinking of putting our resources up there. And so we're praying that next fall God would let us plant a church back up on the north side of Denver. And a good basic rule of church planting, if you think about, is to plant a church is a good idea to have a pastor for it. To be able to support that church work seems pretty basic, right? And so our goal is to add a pastor early next summer, next year, that could support that church plant. Uh, just a man to scout the land, to head the efforts in marketing and, and scouting and praying and preaching up there. Um, and so as we plant this church, our goal would be to, to have one church in two locations in Denver here. So we keep all four of us pastors working together. It's been, a good, it's been good. It's been fun to have Tim with us, but we'd continue that. All four work together. And maybe have that one man a little more focused on the north side that came in staff, have just his, his focus be a little more up there with his time. But we continue, we'd ask you just to continue to pray that God would make that clear, just in leading us in that, and that he would just provide all we need to make that a reality next year. I think we're just trying to catch God's heart on that and think that's what he has for us next. You could just be praying about the ability to bring that pastor on board and be able to launch up there early next fall. So the next area on Acts 1-8, I'm going to quiz you. Does anyone remember it? Samaria. Samaria. That's good. All right. We are alive and well. Good. 
So the next area is Samaria. So that's a bigger region still. And we consider that Samaria was maybe being faithful with our whole country kind of region of, of getting out to uh, strategic church plants that would help multiply in the smaller areas around them. And so on our horizon, one thing we've been praying about is Stillwater, Oklahoma, which I think will come up. I think it did. All right. I can't read it either. So Oklahoma State University is there which is doing pretty good. If you watched football last night, they're making a case for the BCS championship game at the moment. I think they finally got some payback to Oklahoma. But we're looking at that. You know, one of our, one of our strategies as we look to where to plant churches is to be close to college campuses. And that allows us to have churches that are reaching that next generation. You know, it's imperative to have thriving churches that we keep reaching the youth. So every location is going to have a college campus near it. You'll notice that trend. I'll try to name the colleges as I know them. I won't claim to know all of them, but I think I know a lot of them. Um, So this would be a strategic plant kind of in the Midwest, West region there that's semi-close to us. It's also close to that Manhattan church we sent a few people out to. So who knows, maybe there's a way to team up or it's close to them. But uh, it'd be fun, you know, to team up and plant a church there. So... We tentatively have that one marked as about 2014, just to look towards the future of getting ourselves moving on this line of being a sending church, sending out church plants. So the, the next thing we have on our map we're praying about would be another local church in the Denver area, kind of that Wash Park area. Sounds like a fun little community in Denver, and it also has a close proximity to the DU campus. So the goal would be to have, at that point, if you're counting to home, one church in three locations between North Denver, downtown Denver, and Wash Park, DU area. Um, and that one we had marked as 2016. So that's just things to be praying about, just being local and continuing to, to get around Denver here. Does anyone know what the next thing in the verse was that we should be getting to? The ends of the earth. That's good. So there's various ways we hope to accomplish that ends of the earth, and we're kind of engaging with God on how to get to that. You know, one is that we'll continue this process of local and strategic churches um, and locations. Some of the uh, other strategic locations we'll kind of bring in as we're talking about it. Um, If we go to the next one there, there's a few kind of coming down there, but um, that one kind of gets us up to the northwest a little bit. So there's there's Laramie up there, which has the University of Wyoming, which would be good another place just to be praying about. We put on Boise, Idaho, which has Boise State and the famous blue football field. Maybe there's another, I think it's kind of fun, but they might be having to give it up soon, so see what happens. Uh, And the next one down from there is that it would be close to Bozeman, Montana, which has Montana State University. So that's kind of that mid-northwest region there, kind of heading up. It's just another area we're kind of praying about. If you go to the next one, okay, we're bringing a few more here. We're thinking big. All right. So this one gets a little more onto the west coast. Well, first, I think there's a CSU Pueblo on there, Pueblo. 
also formerly known as University of Southern Colorado is another one kind of close to think about. And then it gets into the West Coast. There's Shoreline Seattle we put up there. We did a mission trip to a community college out there in Seattle a couple years back. And it's a fun little campus. It's a community college, but it has a huge Asian population being in Seattle. We did about two days just sharing the gospel and meeting people there. And I think about six people got saved in two days. And it was just really fruitful and seemed like a good way to kind of be reaching out to some Asian students. So it's something on our map there. There's also Portland, Oregon, which has Portland State University. And then below that, there's one to... I snuck this one in when Jeff didn't see it, but there's one to Vancouver there. That's from from Portland and Shoreline, Seattle. So another one on the radar. And then that has the University of British Columbia, which is a huge campus and gets us to another country. And then there's San Diego, which has San Diego State University and beaches. Who doesn't mind beaches? Right? So that's a good one to have on our map. I think Rich is already staking that one out to try to get to California, but we'll see how it goes. Okay, so hold your breath. From Stillwater, we have all of those, right? So we show plans to go to Norman, which is where the University of Oklahoma is, and to Oklahoma City, and to Tulsa. And then from Tulsa, it goes to Knoxville and Athens, Georgia, where the University of Georgia is. Greg might want to get us to Tech first, but we'll see how it goes, you know. Um, And then there's one up there that is just marked as international, you know, and so that's just praying about overseas. You know, we have some contacts in Asia we'd like to continue to partner with. You know, a few years back, we did a short-term mission trip over to Asia and sent about six or seven people over there. We'd love to continue to do some more of those in future years. And even thinking about ways to send whole groups of people or church plants overseas is something we're engaging with and just praying that God would let us be a part of is reaching more nations with the gospel. Now really hold your breath. The last one here. Whoa! Hey, okay. Still awake. That's a lot of churches, right? This this would represent kind of the ends of the world there. It's just, we just pray that those would continue to multiply down and just, that we would make churches, we'd be a sending church that would build sending churches, that would continue to build churches. You know, if it's all working, that's how it works. You know, if you look at some of our our churches kind of grew up in in the West, in Iowa and Colorado, but if you look at our, like, Ames, Iowa church, I don't know if it's quite that big, but they have churches all over the place that have multiplied churches, and God's really blessed it, and and we're just praying God would do a similar work and and bless this church and help us be a church that's multiplying and and sending out to to build His kingdom through uh, the U.S. and the world. So that's a big task, right? It's a lot of churches. Reaching the whole world with the gospel. And I think one of the reasons God gave us this Acts 1-8 plan is to help us just get started somewhere and to trust Him with something. And the cool thing is that there's a verse, in the verse that has that strategy, there's a promise built right into it. On that next slide there, it says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. 
So God sends us His Spirit and He promises that we will receive the power to carry out the mission that He gave us. He didn't give us an impossible mission. He gave us one we could carry out with Him. Um, I read a verse in my quiet time yesterday that I thought related to this mission. It's on the next one there. Daniel 11.32 says, But the people who know their God will display strength and take action. And I was just reminded that God wants us to continue to get to know Him, to be people that are close with Him. And the overflow of that is that we would display strength and we would take action on the mission that He gave us. God wants us to be faithful with the work right here in the Highlands neighborhood and then be faithful to look at multiplying to the rest of the world. So we ask you to join us just in dreaming about the future together. You know, there's some things that you can do to take action with us to help accomplish that. I think I just made a lot of babies cry. I don't know what happened. I think I talked too loud. Said an unfunny joke. I don't know. So there's some things you can do to join with us in the work together. One is to be praying. Keep praying that God would help us on this mission. That God would use us to accomplish it. You know, after Jesus sent the rich man away in Matthew 19, not to get confused with rich, but a wealthy man, he told the disciples in verse 26, you know, speaking of just the ability of rich people to come to the Lord and get saved, you know, he told them, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So this mission is only possible for us if we continue to ask for God's help on it. With man, that big, huge bubble chart with, I don't know how many churches, is impossible. But with God's help, it is. Another way you can think about joining in with us is financially. Jeff went through a sheet a couple weeks ago. At the bottom of it, there's a pledge form. You might have one at home at this point. It looks like this. I think there's some more in the back. Um, and like Jeff talked about, what, this, what the giving is about is to take care of some of the debts we had in getting ourselves in this building. And then really, um, just to look to the future, to get a man on staff, to advertise a church plant next year, to really add a second rent and think about a, a church plant up there. Um, but to accomplish those goals, you know, one of the things we talked about is that one of those foundations is having the finances in place. So on the sheet, there's a couple ways you can do that. You can check. I don't remember if Jeff went over this in announcements, but you can check a one-time gift and just drop a check in with it or give a check a little later um, or just do a check and write Striving Together or a campaign on it, building or a campaign, and we'll figure that out. And if you choose to do monthly gifts, I think we're starting in January with that. Kind of like our, our last one, you'll just get a little ticket of, of when to pay to keep on track with those. So there's that. Another way to join in the work is to be a laborer. We talked about that as another one of the foundations. You know, it's true that staffers and deacons and pastors are all part of the labor that God has for us, but another part is that we're all called to be laboring in the gospel, to be sharing the gospel with our friends, to be making disciples, to be inviting people to church. And we ask you to continue to join us in that work 
and to make our dreams a reality together. You know, this mission is not just for pastors or evangelists or people called or special people. It's for all of us. God gave us this mission to do together. So as a reminder, we're going to um, collect these sheets by next Sunday, like Jeff said. We have a worship night on Wednesday, so you can, you can bring your pledge then, or just put it in the tithe box before worship next Sunday. And so next week, we're going to finish the Striving Together series um, by celebrating what God has done and providing for our need. I think Rich was pointing, there's a stack of uh, sheets by the Christmas tree back there, if you need one. So feel free to grab one on your way out and just pray about how God might have you teaming up with us as we go forward. So why don't we pray? God, we do thank you for today. Um, God, we thank you that you've given us such a clear mission to do together. God, that you told us to go into the world and make disciples in all the nations into the whole world. And we can just admit, even when we look at a chart of what that would look like, it's overwhelming just to get in our heads. But we just pray you would give us faith to walk with you and strive together in the faith of the gospel. And we want to be faithful wherever you have us and just continue to seek you in faith to multiply and to blow on this little church and just to continue to bring disciples and have it be one that's sending and multiplying and birthing new churches. We just pray you would just provide in this campaign over the next week, and we just look forward to celebrating what, what you've done next weekend. And we lift all this up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, have a great day.